Today is May the 5th. Why did Jesus curse the fig tree? Let's find out together as we read Matthew, Mark, and Luke. Today in reading through the Bible in a year, I'd like you to read Matthew chapter 21, verses 12 to 22. It contains three stories. We'll find parallels to that story in Mark 11, verses 11 to 26, and then Luke 19, from verse 45 to 48. We're going to follow the story in Mark 11, starting in verse 11 and going down through 26. The story starts at the end of the day on Sunday. Jesus came to Jerusalem, went into the temple, and after looking around carefully at everything, he left because it was late in the afternoon. Then he returned to Bethany with the 12 disciples. They were apparently staying with Lazarus, uh, Mary and Martha in Bethany. But Mark is very clear in saying Jesus went to the temple and he looked around. Now we see what he looked at and what he did then on Monday of Passion Week. Verse 12, the next morning as they were leaving Bethany, Jesus was hungry. He noticed a fig tree in full leaf a little way off. So he went over to see if he could find any figs, but there were only leaves because it was too early in the season for fruit. Jesus said to the tree, May no one ever eat your fruit again. And the disciples heard him say it. Now, it's interesting that Jesus went to the fig tree when it was out of season. I uh, looked up found out that in Palestine, fig trees could produce two and sometimes three crops in a year. This is Passover week, so we are in late March or up to mid-April. Um, the normal harvest of figs was called the summer fig. It would begin to bud in June, and the fruit would become ripe in August. A fig tree was anywhere from 15 to 18 feet tall, and uh, the branches would typically hang low enough that uh, from the ground you could reach up and gather figs. That is the normal harvest, August. But there's an early harvest. It's called the Bikura, the early ripe fig. Isaiah 28.4 says, uh, the withering flower of the glory of its beauty, which is at the head of the rich valley, will be like its early fig before summer, which the one who sees it swallows while it's still in his hand. The early figs 
would bud as early as April, and uh, they would become ripe in June, but you had to harvest them quick because they would drop off as soon as they were ripe. Starting in June then, new buds would form. The early fig bloomed on last year's new growth. The regular harvest bloomed on this year's new growth. That started in June by August, you would harvest. That fruit would hang on the tree. It was the more reliable harvest. And then there was a winter fig. Revelation 13.3 talks about the stars of heaven fell to earth like a fig tree throws down its unripe figs when shaken by a great, great wind. The winter fig uh, would, on this current year's growth, give a few buds. You could harvest them, but you would never let them ripen on the tree. Instead, you would harvest them, take them to your home, put them in a dark place, and they would ripen off the tree. So, possibly three harvests. Jesus goes to the fig tree at the very beginning of uh, what would be the spring harvest, and he finds no fruit. So he curses the fig tree. He goes on to Jerusalem and does what he went to do. The night before he went to the temple, looked around, and he saw what it was that he wanted to see. The next day he came back and he cast the animals out of the temple. Now, it appears to me that the reason that he cast the animals out of the temple was because the animals at this time during Passover would typically occupy the uh, court known as the court of the Gentiles. And during that week, there would be no room for the Gentiles in the temple. This week in particular, Jesus throws the animals out because he wants the Gentiles to be able to see what's about to take place, his own crucifixion. Now, the book of John puts the cleansing of the temple at the first year. Uh, no contradiction there. Jesus did it the first year. He may have done it in all four years that he went to the Passover during his ministry. Scripture records in John, the first year, the way he began his ministry was by cleansing the temple and announcing that the gospel was for all. In the book of Matthew, Mark, and Luke, Jesus ends his ministry the same way, cleansing the temple, saying to the Gentiles, Come, see. Now, reading on in Mark, after Jesus goes back, they leave the city. And in verse 20, the next morning as they passed by the fig tree that he had cursed, the disciples noticed that it had withered from the root up. Peter exclaims, look, Lord, the tree that you cursed, it's withered. Jesus says, 
if you just have faith, you can do anything that you want to. Jesus uses the cursing of the fig tree for a lesson in faith. But what was behind that? Why the fig tree? Why cursing a fig tree? Why withering it? Jesus certainly wasn't saying that you'll be given power to curse fruit trees and make them wither, was he? No. Actually, what's happening, Jesus uh, is looking at the symbol of the fig tree. Throughout Israel's history, the fig tree was a sign of the prosperity of Israel. All the way back as early as 1 Kings chapter 4, verse 25, Judah and Israel lived in security, each man under his vine and under his fig tree, from Dan as far as Beersheba, all the days of Solomon. The fig tree was a sign of prosperity. Jesus cursed the fig tree. He went to the fig tree knowing that he would find no fruit. He cursed it. Then he went to the temple knowing that in the temple he would see no spiritual fruit. He cast out the animals, tried to help Israel see that this was a time to engage the Gentiles, not to drive them away. This was a time when Israel would not feel prosperity. The fig tree was a large tree. It was very leafy. It provided great shade. It was a favorite tree to sit under. You could eat figs either from the tree or the nearly ripe fruit that had fallen to the ground. You could enjoy shade from the sun. A fig tree was a sign of prosperity. Jesus curses the fig tree because he's about to die. There is no prosperity in Israel. He tells the disciples, if you have faith, you can do miracles as well. But in Mark, he then also says, verse 24, I tell you, you can pray for anything. If you believe that you've received it, it'll be yours. But when you're praying, first forgive anyone you're holding a grudge against so that your Father in heaven will forgive your sins too. He tells his disciples, this is not a time of prosperity. This is a time of sorrow, of grief. But he also tells them, this is a time of forgiveness. He gets the disciples thinking in terms of forgiveness. Personally, I think that's because he is about to go to the cross to provide them and us with the ultimate forgiveness. Forgiveness, not only of what we have done, but forgiveness of our sin nature. Like, follow, and subscribe to this devotional on whatever platform you used to listen to it. Email your questions to us at questions 
at becomehope.com. Tomorrow, we'll answer the question, what is the most important thing?